0: Primary ignition. This
1: is Star Wars. Look out! Core World News. You may fire when ready. From Starlight Beacon! I I'm Greg Skondack, and you're listening to Core World News. Your holiday News show in have the of all the latest stories from around the galaxy. Welcome to a High Republic special, and our review of Into the Dark by Claudia Gray. But fair, this news.
2: All right, thank you very much, Rex Kondak. Uh, always killing it for us here on the Hollow Net, your favorite place for the Hollow Net in the Core World and beyond. Uh, yeah. So the news this week uh, is one <laughs> that I wanted to ignore, but we can't. Um, there's one. There's one news article, and everyone's talking about it, and we got to weigh in. Uh, it came to light that Gina Carano is no longer affiliated with Lucasfilm. Uh, right around the time that she equated uh, Republicans to being Holocaust victims, uh, and uh, yeah, just uh, it's something that you can't ignore. It was disturbing. We saw this coming on this uh, this podcast for a while. We wondered out loud wh- why it hadn't happened earlier, uh, but it finally was m- announced by uh, by Disney, uh, Lucasfilm, and Disney, and uh, here we are. One um, of you guys want to start off on this?
0: Yeah. Do you mind if I jump in on this? Um, so I, I, re- I actually had to jot my my thoughts down on this a little bit. I've, I've been processing this um, for the last couple of days. Um, you know, a couple of things. This starts with a fundamental misunderstanding of what free speech is, but I'm not going to go into that straw man argument that's been being made, uh, but I do have a PhD in criminology and justice policy, so I'm happy to answer any questions any of our listeners may have about that what free speech actually means feel free to email me um this is not about cancel culture or persecuting conservatives um uh, but being you know ben kind of mentioned this i you know i tend to do the instagram stuff on this i've seen this coming for months um this has nothing to do about her talking about her beliefs or conservative political beliefs that's fine we welcome those ideas and and hear those ideas but there's been a disturbing trend she's spread conspiracy theories about election fraud she's spread false information about mask wearing She's flirted with QAnon conspiracies and as Ben mentioned kind of the final straw of this was equating being a conservative to being a Jew in Nazi Germany. And I want to speak a moment about that. Um, I- I'm going to get a little personal here a little bit about my background. Um, I'm of Jewish descent. I am not myself Jewish. Um, my grandfather was Jewish. He converted later in life. Um, uh, my last name literally has an extra letter in it because of anti Um, And I'm reminded of that every time I have to write my last name out is I have an A in my last name because people wouldn't give my grandfather a job because they thought he was Jewish and he well, he was Jewish. Um, So, you know, here's my plea until and this is for those who do this false equivalency between whatever they're going through and, and being a Jew in Nazi Germany until there's propaganda accusing you of holding black masses in the wood and eating babies, until there's a mob that comes and breaks your windows and drags you from your home, Um, until you're forced to hide in an attic for months, until you're placed in concentration camps, and until the last thing you or your family sees is a vile symbol of hate, can you please stop equating your minor inconveniences on social media to the extermination of millions of my ancestors? that's all i got to say feel free to cut that <laughs> i won't
1: yeah i won't man i no, mean that, that's some this honest... is, it's important to comment on this stuff and uh, their tweets are unacceptable. they're insensitive uh they're delusional they're spreading misinformation this isn't a, a, a free speech conversation or argument this is
0: this is merely
1: just insensitive and harmful tweets and the firing is the right thing to do honestly and uh i hope they recast the role i hope they I hope they keep the character yeah. going way. And because uh, I know that character is probably important to a lot of people who who don't think that way and don't have these and don't want to spread misinformation and lies and, and and support systems of abuse and hate and, and systemic racism and injustice. Like I, I we honestly need to uh, hold people accountable. And this is that it was the right thing to do to fire fire her from the role. Yeah,
0: so. You can say whatever you want. You will there are, there are impact of what you say. That's what we're taught in kindergarten. If I right. went into my job tomorrow and said the things that she, she said, I would not have a job by the end of the week.
2: Yeah, that's pretty yeah. much it. And I mean, we live in an age of false you know, uh, equivalency. Um, we're, we're in this sort of backwash of Trumpism, um, that I hope will dissipate to nothing eventually but it's it's a it's a wave filled with lies yeah <laughs> it's it's a it's a a qualification and an ethos a, a cult that just wants to you know distance themselves from mainstream I, I don't even know what it is but it's just like yeah. refute truth um because truth and now for some reason the you know the parties have split on truth and reality. And uh, this is just, you know, that stuff that Grant mentioned on Twitter. It's it's a non-argument. I mean, what Adam said was exactly right. Um, this was anyone who said that in a vacuum would be fired, yeah. um, you know, despite the political climate in the United States right now. So the, um, the other there, difference is
0: I don't have millions of followers. So when I say it, right. I'm not influencing millions of people to believe falsehoods. And hate. Yes,
2: yeah. I mean, with great power comes great responsibility, and Gina never got that. Um, you know, there's a lot of rumors about a lot of people in the Lucasfilm organization that reached out to her to supported her to want her to do the right thing. Um, John yeah. Favreau, you know, allegedly stuck his neck out for her because they wanted to cut her out of this program. You know, The Mandalorian before this. Um, I can probably guess right about when that happened. Um, and you know, and she just set herself on fire and now, you know, all the, the right wing political nuts like Ben Shapiro are jumping on this, trying to ride the wave of anti, you know, intellectualism and and like really just denying the epistemological space as we know it. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's nauseating. Um, yeah, I won't miss her. Um, the, the most compelling, you know. I'm not even going to dignify that. I'll miss her. Um, uh, I'll miss.
0: I miss the character. I thought
2: Gina Carano. I will yeah. miss uh, Cara Dune. Uh, I thought the character was in, you know, was in a good addition to the Star Wars galaxy. Yeah. Uh, but, um, can I? Yeah, can, but it's uh, it's not yeah. worth. It. Honestly, I... I I hope every Trump supporter boycotts Disney forever. Um, so that we don't have to deal with it.
0: Here's the thing. like Again, if she had spent the last six months posting about the debate about whether or not to... The effect of lockdowns on small businesses versus large corporations, right? Mm -hmm. If she's had the discussion, which I have my own political feelings about that, but that's a viable conversation to have because there's no easy answer, and I can see that. If she had posted things about being fiscally conservative, right? If she had posted things about law and order politics versus like, like how do we handle these things? I would have vehemently disagreed with everything she posted, but would have been fine with her being in the show. Right. Because, because those are political discussions. Those are discussions that need to be had that are welcome. We have, but to spread lies and misinformation and false equivalencies, like there's gotta be. Yeah. To the level to that it's,
2: yeah, it's, it's disrespectful to its core to people that actually suffered real trauma that's, yeah. you know, you know, affected generations of people. It's I an mean, abhorrent yeah. was the, I mean, so, all right, can I just bring it back to the, the quote from Lucasfilm real quick? Yeah, you did please. it. Um, Gina Carano is not currently employed by Lucasfilm and there are no plans for her to be in the future. Uh, Nevertheless, her social media posts denigrated people based on their cultural and religious identities are abhorrent and unacceptable. End of end of comment. So, I mean, to me, it sounds like she hasn't been on board for a while. If I was to venture a guess, she was allowed to have her her character perform in season two. But they're like, that's going to be the end of that character.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think between you're right between shooting and release. Yeah, I think that's where it got. To... That's when I she mean... said the most, like you know. Yep. Yeah. You know. That's when the, the crazy trains things, started so. leaving the station. Yeah. Um, they, they, um, she had this like, like, not save Kara Dune, but we we love Cara Dune event two weeks ago. Hashtag We Love Cara Dune on a random Wednesday. Mm. that's just the second that happened, I'm like, oh, well, something's going on. Right. Because like no one had talked about her for a while. Like there was a there was like a good four week spread where just nothing was happening with that. And then, you know, I think probably I mean, again, it's all speculation and it could be fun or whatever. But my thought is when they originally planned these Mandalorian spinoffs, that show was not called Rangers of the New Republic because that's a really clunky name. (laughs) My guess is that was called Cara Dune or Dune. Or something like that. I think that was literally the Dune. Dune. The other Dune. Dune. The other Dune. Not that Dune. The other one. Yeah. I know we're actually really inspired by Dune when you look at Tatooine, <laughs> but we actually mean Kara Dune. Kara Dune. That's the actual yeah. full title. It's Dune with That's a That's little... a full title. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. like a paragraph. Yeah. Forget about sandworms. Yeah, exactly. But we also have those, but we call them great dragons. Cray but Cray 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 don't Cray worry Cray. about that. Yeah. Right
2: um grant i'm sorry we haven't let you talk for a while but uh, no no i'm pretty much
1: done i said what i needed to say i was just i thought it was the right thing to do i mean uh it these no one should be tweeting like this when and just using generalizing entire peoples and comparing peoples and and being insensitive that's just that's just wrong like i it's clearly wrong i don't i don't know how you argue that it's much like trying to defend this president right now i don't know how you Make these arguments. There are none. People are hateful things and they should be held accountable and fired from things that bring people entertainment and joy. Like this is a show that brings people joy. And uh, I don't know why you would want to sully that with just negative behavior and and negative thoughts and and spread that sort of negativity. It's really really, and further the the divide. I mean, I can't wait to talk about this book that we're going to get into and furthering the divide. And um, and just allowing the, the darkness to grow, like I don't know why you would add to it. It's it's really just it's 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 sad. So I, I'm sad to see the character go, but hopefully she gets recast. And uh,
0: yeah, I don't know. think of myself as like a shrinking violet or someone who's like uber sensitive or like I'm a very thoughtful person and I'm connected with my feelings, but I tend to let things roll off my back. I read that tweet. I got woken up to take care of my baby at like midnight and I uh, I think Grant said we had been texting back and forth about what might happen and I yeah, had read yeah. that tweet I read that tweet at midnight. I didn't sleep that night because I thought about my family history and I thought about the fact that there's no when I do ancestry.com, I can go back to a very certain point in Europe and I can't go past that point because there are no sterns in my bloodline left in Europe because right. of a very specific event. but you know hey, you say some stuff on the internet and you're, you're apparently being persecuted to the point of being. Anyway, I already said my piece, sorry, I'm, I'm starting to spin out. So, but I appreciate you letting me say my piece.
2: Oh, come on. Anytime. Um, yeah. I mean, honestly, if you understand star Wars at all, <laughs> yeah. you know, then, and you look at that tweet, you just realize like you don't understand star Wars. <laughs>
0: Fundamentally. Yeah.
1: I mean, like it, it
2: started star. with,
1: don't fight Nazis. Ted Cruz using Star Wars in any arguments. Like, get out of here. Like Yeah. Get that get out, out of your greasy
3: out. mouth. He uh, does
1: yeah. love Star Wars though. It's so yeah.
3: weird.
2: Um, I will say that uh honestly, I really like I started thinking today about uh Rangers of the New Republic, and I'm like, they don't have a main character.
3: No, <laughs> that show may go.
2: They yeah. don't have one. People are like, "Oh, Timothy Oliphant." I'm like, he has nothing to do with the Republic. And uh, you know, I, I mean, I would Silva. love to see that. But like, I was like, "Yes, head? please." <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm in. You know, and then like everyone wants to recast her with um.
1: Felloni, should be the ranger. And oh, he's well,
2: like... th- that's what they have. They have Felloni and they have Captain Tiva. Right.
1: Those are yeah. our
2: main character like spin off people
1: was that not a, were, were they not rangers in that episode where they saved him from the ice fighters i thought that sure was pretty were. sure were ranging correct yeah those I mean. are
2: rangers imagine <laughs> if it's just like slightly <laughs> obese like re- re- rebellion soldiers no, like it- them hey they well, all fit a body oh, I, I, right? it's,
0: I it's, it's a wrong. Porkins. we need more porkins in our star wars so yeah. I'm on board. It's like, like buffet Squadron,
2: and-, and they're like <laughs> yeah. all just like a little big and kind of they fill out a you know a flight yeah. suit. I think that's the show. I don't know. Um I yeah. I, 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 think, I don't have no idea what that show is going to be about now. I mean I I, mean, they, I know uh, topically but I don't know who their main character is going to be.
0: No, I think they had a very specific plan and that plan went out the window um at the same time we were introduced to the Mandalorian's world without having any connection to any characters for a good portion of that show. So I think they just know they can do it again. We're just going to be introduced to new people that we learned to love over a season.
2: You know what? It could come out like that could be the last one of the 10 that comes out. But like you watch in like Mandalorian season three, this like random A-list celebrity makes a cameo as like a Ranger of the New Republic. It's like Tom Cruise flies in in an X-Wing and we're like, what the heck? She was only in there, there for like
1: thirty like seconds. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was hoping we'd get an armor show, but uh, uh, hopefully, maybe, maybe in the future, some point.
0: Yeah, I think uh, she'll be uh, in season three. Yeah, yeah, she's
2: got to come back. Uh, I love her as well. All right, we've. Uh, this is an important issue, and I'm glad we talked yes. about it. Uh, but I, I don't want to steal any thunder. <laughs> no. for On Gray's to the, the fun
0: stuff.
2: Yeah, this this puts
1: Welcome back to another High Republic special. This week we are reviewing Claudia Gray's Into the Dark. Uh, I think we'll first just do a, a kind of, we'll go around, share our first impressions mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, final thoughts on the book uh, and then um, and then maybe just go through it chronologically, talk about it as we usually do, maybe jump into some yeah. more and then maybe and then finally jump into some big spoilers at the end. Um, Let's jump around Uh, Who wants to share their their kind of final
2: thoughts first. I'll go. Interesting. It is. I felt like so this is Claudia Gray's book. I adore all of her books. Um, I feel like she in most of her other books, she sort of focuses on one character at a time and is very good at doing that. And this one was like her first like ensemble piece. So it was a little bit different. It was like a new flavor of of her writing style, which was cool. Um, and it was fantastic. I, I I adored this group of new characters. Um, and it definitely broadened the galaxy for um, what the High Republic is. And also gave us more clues as to sort of the, the patterns that we're going to see in this series. Um yeah, I adored it. Um, I adored the characters. One in particular that I'll get into later. It rhymes with Meode. Yeah,
0: um, oh, you beat me, too.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, how <laughs> can, like,
0: character like that? <laughs> I, yeah, character. I, I, I will on. just
2: say, yeah, Geode, like it's not just like sci fi genius. It's like normal genius, like and it's like comic genius. Yeah, she yeah. used this character in Star Wars. It was a new thing in Star Wars. And it was unlike anything I saw. It was like almost like the dad joke that never quit. Yeah. I don't know. It just was it like that. It The rest of the book was fantastic. I love these characters. It's another it's an evolution in Jedi lore and everything I know about Star Wars, uh, which is, you know, remarkable. But the comic timing of Geode, like, yeah. I don't know, it just distracted. <laughs> me. Geode with the button
0: of many scenes, many moments. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I've ever laughed that loud in the Star Wars book before, but I actually actively chuckled in bed a couple of times and my wife's like, What? I'm like, I can't like, it's, like I, it's, I had it's to it's explain it to Jenny. Yeah, I was like,
2: Jenny, I'm like, there's this character called Geode, and I'm like, every time they yeah. do the same joke and it just kills. It but just like- kills.
0: Ben you're yeah. right it's like because I'm reading this I'm like is this just a joke or is this hard sci-fi do you know what I mean and like and, yeah. and I could never quite get a handle on it and that's exactly what she meant for it until like the very end it was so well done the, the, like again comic timing in in writing is really really hard I mean comic timing's hard hard but to do it in a long form in a book to have this kind of recurring joke is great um yeah I Ben I'm on board with everything you said. I, I, Claudia Gray, I, you know, I think we've said this, but for me, I think for you too, is my favorite author, current author in the Star Wars um, and probably just of all the Star Wars authors, my favorite author um, with a lot, a lot of close runner ups behind her. So it's a close right. it's it's a it's a close field, but she's it's she's, a family. She's, a, yeah. she's a nose ahead of everyone else for me. And, you know, I thank you for stating that about this being her first that I can think of her first ensemble book because something felt different to me, not bad, but different. And I wasn't recognizing it at first as a Claudia Gray book. And I think that's why, and I think she nailed it. I think she nailed the ensemble stuff. I'm just not used to reading her writing as an ensemble, but there's also like elements of survival horror in this book, Uh especially in like the first half that I really enjoyed the, where I'm like, this is a young adult book. And it was spooky. There are parts where it was like really spooky, and I kind of knew where it was going because we were we were kind of you know exposed to the 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 Drencher, and we'll talk about the Drencher a lot. So I kind of knew where it was coming, but I kept waiting. It was always better knowing because I'm like, is now when it's going to happen. Is now when the plants are gonna come alive? Is now when it's gonna happen? And so and it just is drawn out in such a wonderful way. Um, I do have there's some interesting plotting stuff we'll get into about kind of like Mad Max Fury Road plotting where it's just like <laughs> you go to A, you go to B, you go back to A. Yep. we'll talk about that. <laughs> yeah. I
1: actually like quite I like that structure quite a bit. I liked that they yeah. turned the course on and then went back to uh the um Space we space have space.
2: to go back oh, i got
1: Maxine, lost you know, a vaccine space yeah. space Station, which yeah. we'll get into in the lore bomb section of the show but uh i mean obviously yeah. i adore claudia gray uh, i also hold her in high regard i think mean, she's uh, among my favorite authors uh writing star wars today uh and obviously you guys know i love the dark side and this show this book actually has some wonderful explorations yeah. of dark side and uh Philosophical debates about the dark and the light, and she's just so masterful with the, the Jedi dialogue and insight. And uh, loved that Reeve Silas was the scholarly, scholarly Jedi, um, yep. kind of very investigative of everything. And 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 um, he was fantastic. Loved all the characters. The setups and payoffs were phenomenal. Uh, great reveals. Um, just an astounding story. And again, the prose, yeah, the descriptions, um, her handling of the ensemble uh i thought it was quite good
0: yeah totally
1: and uh the mysteries that the, that are unveiled in this story are are really fun and i think add a lot to the lore and um and a lot of really interesting like uh dichotomies right like the nile and the Drenger and the jedi and the the, the buying guild like there's there's so there's so much fun stuff to explore in this book
2: yeah, absolutely. Every pillar represented in this book. And that's why we do our pillars segment. And I, I encourage everyone when we do them to listen to them and look listen to past ones where we mentioned uh, pillars, because uh, it's the stuff that we do that I'm most proud of, um, because it's like these are there. There aren't a lot there. There are a bunch, but there's not a ton. But it's just like there's these cross, you know, cross cutting concepts. Um, yeah that, I think that goes all of stuff
1: after this after this book nature <laughs> after the high republic is all together just yeah nature i don't know right yeah. but it seems like a new direction,
2: right but you have light and dark you have mentors you have love you have um swashbuckling you've got alien worlds um good and bad you've got uh lore you know presage what came before you know um honor what came before which is not much, but they still managed to do it. We'll talk about that too. Yeah. Um, and then Presage What Comes After and Um, you know, made the galaxy bigger. And uh yeah, she she touched all the bases in in beautiful ways as she always does. Um, and uh it was it was an awesome story. Yeah. Shall we shall we start from the relative beginning? Um sure. the first act of this book and and sort of move through it.
1: It's just yeah, first act kind of thoughts on that. Uh, yeah, I
2: mean they pretty much introduced was, the cast in the first uh, act. Right?
1: Yeah, the fact that we haven't talked about Leox yet is, is amazing to me. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, well
2: I mean, let's, we'll talk, about it. let's yeah. talk about him. Let's talk about him. Let's because we'll talk about the cast. So we're like who are who's in this book. And the one thing about Leox, Gaiasi, I think is his last name, Captain Gaiasi. Yeah. Um, he is entirely uh Originated from um, your friend and mine from um, Dazed in Confused.
0: Right? Is he oh, Matthew like- McConaughey? Yeah. Is he yeah. our first Star Wars donor
2: I mean, other than um, sleeze Begano? Yeah. Other than
0: <laughs> he's just Sleaze- he's a drug dealer. He's like your he's like your. I mean, one he's can like
2: presume he- that he is involved in his. You know. Yeah. Family. Do you object to the spice? <laughs> <Adam>. <laughs> i think he he is no, like yeah. he is the yeah you're, you're right he's the first stoner <laughs> in uh the galaxy far far away I think. yeah maybe dj but, yeah
0: maybe but like you, but still yeah. really good at his job yeah. as a lot of stoners are right like it's not i don't mean it in a yes. negative sense but like yeah don't you dare no never
2: um yeah well, and well, you well, know well, what you i didn't get the, keep the keep Magani the thing from the, the beginning center.
1: Wreath, I would say, is our kind of focal character of the, of the piece. And uh, uh, you see their ship, uh, actually, well, we know that his master's Jorah Molly. There's a bit of setup. And you know that um, uh, she she dies in the Battle of Kerr in the, uh, the Light of the Jedi book. We've been keeping up with our High Republic um, shows. Uh, we talked about that quite a bit in that episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then he's he's going on this mission With uh, with a a huge crew, right? To um, uh, To the frontier. Stranded from the the, when the legacy run incident happens, they get stranded near a kind of um, near the, and then they find the Maxine space station. This kind of ominous station um, in the void.
2: Right, and so we haven't had an interview with Claudia Gray yet, uh, though we are trying with all our fervor, Um, and. But what we did have was um, when we covered. Gosh, I don't even remember. I think we it was some random thing we covered about Snoke. It was
0: random. Yeah, it was not even during the comic. It was it was like maybe a month or two ago. Yeah, right.
2: And so uh, I randomly pick images that I love that I pull off the Internet or pull from the comics that I buy. And uh, and this is one of the comics that I bought. And it was the world that uh, from the the kylo ren comic it was episode yeah. one and two i think this world was there and this is uh the first instance instances in canon of um kylo interacting with snoke and it's like snoke's world and it, it, it's and it's this station and uh claudia gray commented on our uh instagram feed i think yep um yeah. On you know that she was like pay attention to this world this you know it's it's it plays a major part again you'll see it again yeah and and so that's how we how we knew um and hopefully you listeners if you're you're diehards bless you all um that uh what she was talking about because otherwise i was thinking at first i thought it was the no space world but then i was like why is it there's so many plants and then uh, i was like oh no this is what claudia gray was talking about um, and, and so
0: I thought it might be Starlight Beacon. I think that was what I said on air. And yeah, yeah no, but.
2: it's it's this world, and so it's like a biodome, uh, Shore's biodome um, in the Galaxy Far Far Away, with these concentric. I, I think you mean springs. Stephen
0: Baldwin's biodome. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry,
2: Stephen Baldwin's biodome.
0: <laughs> Stephen vehicle
2: Yeah, and um, it's yeah. It's an aggregate. It was pretty
1: cool to hear this place, uh, you know, read descriptions of this space, it's ominous, kind of abandoned space station. Uh, like, we know those rings now that Adam actually has an image behind them. The rings we know are called helix rings. Um, they explore these rings and find like those hidden shafts and there's shadows. It's dark. There's um, obviously overgrowth. Um, it's just really fantastic. The haunted house aspects of this book are fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then Des Ryden, that quick moment in the beginning where Des Ryden just vanishes. And then yeah. the Jedi, the master comic, uh, Vitus, uh, he he—he can't sense him. and He's gone. And I'm like, how does that happen? And then you find out yeah. way later in the book just how that can happen, like how he couldn't sense him. And
0: it, You know what's really funny? This is going to get literary for a second. It reminds me of uh, and alerts to Harry Potter. But um the serious black just dies in I think six of that series in a very yeah. similar way. Yeah, where he just like a mirror appears and he's dead. Yeah, and I remember in the book going, "He's not really dead because like why would you like she kills yeah. him off and like a I paragraph." I was like, but,
1: there's
0: no, way. <laughs> right? There's no way he's dead." And yet, no in in Harry Potter, serious black that's how serious black dies. And this, I'm just like. Well, Des isn't dead, but then I kept going. But serious, Black was dead. So could you do this? Uh-huh. So I kept going back and forth for like the third of the book, going, "Is he alive? I think he's alive. It, but it, is he not alive?"
1: Like yeah. too, because we know Des is like the more kind of well balanced uh, Jedi and like warrior, basically, like a, a better attuned to the lightsaber, I think, and more acrobatic and.
2: He's a more aggressive Jedi. I wouldn't call him more balanced.
1: Jedi. And then we know that uh, Wreath um, uh, Silas is is. You know, he 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 rather just read texts and holocrons and kind of study up on lore and and learn what he can about an environment. There's
0: a I love there's this like there's this subtle undercurrent of jealousy between Wreath and Des that I can appreciate, right? Because Wreath, they're both um um they're both apprentices of the same master, Correct. right? So there's this feeling yeah. of just like you can feel Wreath just saying, Des was the better apprentice, he's the better Jedi, I am not as, as good yeah. as Adventurous, all this. And it's it's so funny, and and I, you know, I can relate to that, having been, you know, when you go through your dissertation process, you get, you basically get attached to the chair of your department. And I kept, you know, working with my chair, who was awesome, but ever so often he'd mention his, like, last <laughs> last person right, right. he worked with, you know, like an article published and stuff, and I'm like, I don't measure up. Like, I think yeah. like, so, so i just spoiler i really identified with wreath in this book <laughs> i think of, of Honestly, all the jedi i've ever met Reith whenever might be I, who I am.
2: wreath i saw you adam that was actually <laughs> yeah oh, i am we're...
0: very much Wreath. i'm like i much are... rather be reading and in the temple and reading about it and doing studying and not being in the outskirts well,
1: he does know how to wield a lightsaber quite well though yeah and just
0: well <laughs> I here's the thing, like I also astonish people with my ability to actually yeah. like do home improvements on my own. Right. So there's a little bit of that there. Like there's have, a lot of,
1: a and, of yeah, now I just character He's well rounded. Yeah. This character actually yeah. is well-rounded, yeah. He's he's good at everything. Uh you gotta find out. And and a big lesson he learned throughout the book is that you know, you need friends and others and then to depend on others, and, and you shouldn't have any sort of rivalry with a said apprentice, you know uh uh des you know it's like that. It, it's i think that's a big lesson he learns is that you you need the help of others in life to kind of yeah success. there's a
2: little bit of yeah there's a little bit of high school drama here i mean i, I definitely felt the sort of you know captain the football team uh yeah, like climbing the energy
1: the gym class cheering you on like to climb the rope that kind of like the, 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 the arch yeah. at the, the
2: yeah 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 the yeah And they, they, the talks about the sort of politics of, or the, you know, the, I I don't know the, the general tenor of what it's like to be at a Padawan in the high Republic. And, you know, and they do what we do. It's like, Oh yeah. Lightsaber combat's awesome. Um, But there was a fantastic paragraph here talking about the, you know, irony of, you know, spending all this time, Focusing on lightsaber combat when you have no one to duel with in the galaxy, and you haven't for hundreds of years.
3: Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, and Silas, I think, comes out of this thing uh, as one of the you know, he's very Kenobi esque. I, I would you know like as one of the strongest Jedi I, I've ever seen. Without yeah. without having necessarily you know, his first thing is like I'm not as strong in the Force as everyone else, but through his intellect, he's able to do many things that other Jedi can't. He's without. like Kenobi, but
1: out. Like... Uh, Kenobi, I feel, has the same thoughts, but just doesn't share them. That's kind of right. what I feel. Yeah.
0: Well, I think I remember from like the old, like really old EU Kenobi Padawan young adult books series that that was a bit of an element of Obi Wan when he was a Padawan you know, running around the Jedi temple. I did favorite. have that bit of it really, yeah. Those are really well written. But, I, you know, there's part of that which seems true is like I feel like you talk to a lot of the people who were the best at what the, they did. They never saw themselves that way, right? They always, yeah. like, not all of them, but a lot of them see themselves as, not measuring up, not being as good, right? Having to prove right. themselves, right? And I and I feel like that's part of the path to greatness is is a little bit of self doubt, like enough that doesn't paralyze you, it motivates you to try to do better, right?
2: Indeed, and it's a very human condition. Yeah. Um, l- why don't we move on to some more characters here? Um, you mentioned uh, Comac Vitus. Uh, so they have there's an older tier of Jedi. Uh, there and they have a secondary timeline that they go in. It's the only other ju- time juxtaposition in this story. Uh, Comec oh, yeah. vitus and Orla. I can't remember,
1: too. It's early, yeah. really,
2: yeah. right? And do you have do you remember Orla's last name, Orla Jareni? Jareni,
1: yeah, uh, right. Yeah, she's so, a way seeker, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right,
2: yeah. So let's talk about Orla then. Um, she, yeah, she is designated a way seeker. And the only way I could. So when I think Wayseeker, I was like, oh, she's like a navigator or something, you know, like a wayfinder or something.
0: Yes, I thought, too. Yeah. But, no. but it's not.
2: It's essentially if she's an exploratory major, it's sort of like going rogue in not. No, that's not right. It's essentially it. it... Yeah. An it, it exploratory major. I don't know if that makes any sense to you, but I, I went to yeah. uh, a college which was very a hair's breadth away from being sort of like a um, technical college in a lot of ways. It yeah. so had five schools. They all did very, very different things, but it's very specialized, but you could start as an exploratory major for like, they gave you, they spotted you like a semester and they're like, figure it out. And you could take a bunch of electives and check some things out and figure out what you wanted, and who you wanted to end up to end up in. And then you had to apply to that school and get in, et cetera, et cetera that's her thing she's sort of like i don't know where i fit i don't know what my specialty is because everything sort of makes me mad um and she's like you can take these wayfinder missions and go just sort of explore the force or a sabbatical yeah. is, that, is that would that be a parallel to adam what do you
0: think yeah actually sabbatical is an interesting one i it's almost like it's like sabbatical crossed with rumspringer <laughs> like with rumspringer with- Oh, it's uh, for our um, – and, and I apologize for my ignorance if we have any Amish people listening right now. By the way, if you're listening and you're Amish, you're cheating. But you might be on Rumspringa. <laughs> but Rumspringa – and again, please correct me. This is just based on general knowledge, whatever, so I'm not an expert. But they're allowed to, at certain point – the youth are given a certain amount of time, I believe oh, it's a year, yeah. to go out and explore the world and then come back, right? Because, which is a really interesting idea. The idea is if they choose to come back, they're really committed, right? Because they see what's right. out there to tempt them. If you love it, right? set it um, free. Yeah, in a way. Now, this isn't exactly that, but it's kind of this idea of like, well, that's not like this cross the sabbatical. They're still Jedi, but they're out there exploring the force right they're trying to understand all of its intricacies and different things i mean the, she tells a story that a lot of them end up basically doing solitary meditation on mountaintops by the way yeah. do you know who would be considered a weight seeker in my in my book luke skywalker luke skywalker ends as a yeah. waste seeker in my in my in my idea like that's that's what he was doing, right? Uh, uh, just being he, a wayseeker. Yeah, just cut himself. Force. Yeah, he... eventually cut himself off from the force. But that might have been what the wayseeking brought him to.
2: Right. Right. Grant, anything? What do you feel? How I do you, you feel about Orla? Too, I
1: would say. I say, I say, Ahsoka is also wayseeking in a lot yeah. Of Oh, yep. yeah,
0: that's better.
2: Honestly, I felt that the whole way through. I, I felt like she was uh, Orla. Is the Ahsoka of the higher? Yeah. Planet
0: a lot of ways and
2: it's sort of where Ahsoka arrived at like she if if Ahsoka had existed in the high republic she would have ultimately been a way seeker I think because she had views that were so progressive that they sort of you know really rocked the foundation of the dogma of the um, Jedi and it's worth it's worth analyzing it's always worth analyzing what do I believe in and why do I believe in it you know and and those people need to go on their own journey and sometimes those people come back with knowledge that really is insightful to, um, you know, offers perspective to to that dogma. So.
0: Yeah. And like, I think she her lightsaber is white. Yes. Yeah.
1: Double
0: bladed white lightsaber.
1: lightsaber, Probably one of the coolest characters, like in terms of aesthetic design, would love to see that character in live action some point yeah sure. so but this uh is the
0: character i think
2: i talked about last last week there is concept art of there she actually looks a lot like ray except oh, I, I, in my <laughs> mind and the way she's yeah the way she's written sounds different because like she's in bright white all the time and she never gets dirty somehow um yeah but yeah she has like yeah she's humanoid has i mean she even had the triple braid or the triple bun um, and then has, but has the lightsaber from Dark Ray. It's the um, double-bladed lightsaber that sort of articulates out. It like bends out and turns. You know,
0: I mean, um, we know yeah. that Ray had the sacred Jedi texts, right? So yeah. for all we know, she was reading about Orla, right, in those texts. Yeah. And we, all we know, for all we know, she ends up being one of those people that helps write those texts. Indeed. Well, those texts were um, great.
1: How about the first Jedi though, weren't they?
0: I think some were, but I think there was a lot. I think it was kind of, I, th- I think those it was yeah. the creation of the universe in the
1: in the. They even talk about titans and stuff. It goes it goes into like some mythological territory. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Maybe well, so
2: maybe she read texts that uh, Orla read, um, and they both you know found their inspiration yeah. out of that. So say was, thank you, Ben. Um, who knows? Who knows? um yeah. What about a uh, comic uh, Vitus? Vitus. Well, I I... Love
1: he's the oh, one who kind oh, of good. Knows, right? And the 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 lore of these these stations and what this could be. But he's he he's kind of our guiding force in examining the station, and and I I love this character, and then the his arc in this book, and. Yeah, the idea that he's told not to dwell on loss, and then at the end of the book, we'll get to some spoilers later. But his kind of his his final you know resolution when it comes to the Jedi doctrine and his beliefs is pretty astounding. Like what Claudia yeah. Gray does with this character is is pretty phenomenal.
0: Based on this book, The Light of the Jedi, and uh, some of the stuff going on in the Higher public comic, which we'll talk about in a couple of weeks i we will get to this towards the end i have some ideas about where stuff is going <laughs> but we'll get there okay
2: all right so we'll get there yeah i mean he's definitely after this book's done the one i think of all these characters that i'm most interested in seeing where his art goes because it's fascinating yeah. and it's really parsing through a lot of the jedi doctrine and and like concepts that you know, he's in between he's, he's got this exploring this other place. So essentially this, this Jedi, um, I can't really imagine his, what he looks like in my mind. Uh, but he, his curse and his strongest attribute is empathy. It's like, he, he feels what other people feel and like that he, but it's a curse really in a lot of ways. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I, just kind of relate to that somehow it's just sort of there's yeah. some things where you yep. can not help you know imagining in our case because we don't know how other people feel but he actually does know how other people feel and it no, must be true. so tragic and sad and and he and to the extent where like he uses his hood to just quiet the sensation a little bit where it's just like i just don't want to feel other people's emotions it's actually very true blood in a lot of ways um oh but <laughs> yeah is that totally. the first true blood reference because I, I think it might be I, it in 168
0: might be, but episodes i think better yeah. than i just realized the two of us had watched all of true blood and never talked about it grant true blood no i have not seen it uh a, no, uh, no i've seen
1: a few episodes of true blood i've seen a few episodes i tried it on it's
0: it's
2: not not great. for you
0: not agree
2: yeah <laughs> I think I tried to ignore it, but it was just there. That sort of thing. Exactly. Uh,
0: and I'm like, I was it, it was it had lore and there's very few lore shows at that time. I'm like, oh, I'll watch. This. Yeah,
2: I'm into vampire lore. Sure. Yeah. Uh, anyways, the main character there has the same problem with sort of like knowing what it, well, knowing what other people are thinking all the time. But comic Vitus has the, the problem of knowing what people are thinking or feeling all the time, which is yeah. awful.
0: That sounds awful. Um, What else? Oh, we got uh, Afi Hollow. Yeah, other main character. He's kind Uh, of our like our non-force user main character, right? Which I feel like we get in all these books. Mm. Uh, They they kind of outsider looking in, but yeah, yeah.
2: Yet another orphan, right? I mean, is Mm -hmm. like. I mean should orphans be a pillar at this point like there's it feels like they're in everything in star wars i
1: think think there's something interesting to look another dichotomy that's kind of interesting is the like um like indentured worker pilot yeah slave and then and then jedi kind of uh the jedi doctrine and the, the controlling demands of the jedi doctrine and like how kind of slavery and indentured workers are unnoticed by the jedi and how Maybe they're unnoticed because they're also under strict kind of ethics well, and okay, codes.
3: Yeah.
2: They're so, also
1: a, a sort of restraint on nature. And then the enemy of the Jedi, the great fear of the Jedi is nature unbound. And we get that in this book in a massive way. Just kind of character yeah, think
0: the, denial. Think the about drenching. the Jedi. Their entire order is built on separating child, children from their parents. Now, right. it is right. everyone exactly in
2: that first to fight. Right. Yeah.
0: It's in that conversation, and it's not like they're they get accused of stealing babies, but like it's that hard situation of it, and, and we're gonna get a real good story about this at some point. Yeah, it was a little bit in the prequels about like a parent's decision to, like you're on this backwater world, and you have that decision of like these space wizards come and say, hey, uh, I know you love your kid, but they got this you know magic magic power. If we can take them and give them a better life. Do you say goodbye to that child forever, right? Like, like it's yeah. it, they painted it as this clear decision, but there is something to be said. There's going to be a story told that's really thoughtful about was it is it is it really a a a fair decision when you know your child will have a quote unquote better life with the Jedi if you come from a impoverished place, right? Like it's just right. there's something there. So so anyway, so it's just interesting where we have this. slavery and and we have indentured uh, servants in these things or different indentured uh, workers we also have the jedi who's who's ethically gray i would say at least with their with their ability to take children
1: Right, because we know Affie hollow we know she works for scover's Bind guild right and we know yeah a a commercial pilot right now working for the Bind guild is that correct yeah right well yeah yeah and then yeah that's that. Yeah, that, it was just interesting. I I loved those characters. I loved that those characters um, uh, were given equal time to the Jedi, basically in terms of you know pages. Yeah. And,
2: yeah. So yeah. so we had four Jedi, right? We had no, we had three three Jedi. We had Orla and f- Comac. And no, we had
0: Re- four. Orla, Comac, oh, and Des. And- or- yeah, Bez. but just wait Des- a while in- so. right. disappears
2: me that's how it starts so there's four jedi and then the crew the pilot crew that they hire which is um Leox right am I yep. saying that right um, yeah and no, sure Afi and um, and geode, geode who we mentioned yeah. at the top um, so why don't we talk about Leox next for a second I mean I know we, we touched them in the beginning but uh yeah. really he, let's him. go into a little more detail here. So apparently I'm looking at a picture. uh, Adam pulled out a a representation of him. He's very much Matthew McConaughey with like a little bit of a goatee beard uh, shirt open to the navel uh, beads, man. Um, And he is a avid spice user, uh, which we haven't had a like in progress spice user, I think, yet in um, in Star Wars. Um, He is a non-sexual he's decided sex isn't for him which oh, is that's cool...
0: right yeah that was super fascinating yeah yeah Sorry. which was <laughs> one of
2: the reasons why yeah i i guess um scover thought it was okay that um her foster daughter uh was on this ship with um there you know for reasons obviously um but that's a that's a new turn in star wars we haven't had a character like that either but it yeah, he's a fascinating character. So he's sort of got this like dazed and confused personality, um, but not really confused, just sort of this easygoing, yeah, man, like mud. Maybe I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like roles of Matthew McConaughey <laughs> that were, yeah, that were like, yeah so like mud
1: one might be a collective because he does get deep sometimes and he does actually describe some scenes and, could... and he's even he, he knows the galaxy quite well, like he yeah. has around
0: the galaxy and he is very good we just you could totally hear leox talk about time being a flat circle i think i totally agree with that absolutely um i just the the asexual non-sexual thing is just really fascinating because like i was reading that going oh that's that's great that's a totally new representation of a type of a of a, of a, of, of a group of people but then i'm like is this the first like actual conversation we've had about like literally about sexual intercourse at all in the star yeah. wars thing, where it's just like yeah, yeah i tried it. it just wasn't for me like 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 and i'm like that's bonkers in a good way but like like the fact that we have like in a young adult novel which is by the way when we should be talking about these things right kids should be reading yeah. about the fact that not everyone feels the same way about sex right but like but like just that it's in here and i'm like i'm just like whoa like wait we're having this conversation and i'm all for it but it was just it's weird to have like frank conversations process. about sex Star
2: Wars. Does this book canonize the word "sex"?
1: Yeah, it does. I think.
2: Like I think sex, yeah. "sex" is a verb. You know, but
0: wait. Like I, well, Wikipedia. I'm gonna look up. I'm gonna look up "sex" on Wikipedia. Let's see if it has an entry.
2: Yeah, I think that's it. I mean, not even in the top ten of most interesting facts about McCona- about you know Leox, but um, but interesting in the in in the pantheon of lore of of Star Wars.
0: All right, so not to derail us, but I just googled sex in How'd that Wikipedia. Go? Interesting. Uh, first is sexes, so we're talking about biological sexes, sure. right? After Gently. that, sex droid. All right, when where did that pop up, planet of twilight, which I think is canon, and this is the only entry. Sex droids were a type of droids that were used for recreational sexual activities. The local oh. CER of Lernar Corporation, I'm not I can't even pronounce the next thing. It was often a used comic. sex droids and vibro baths and his luxurious lifestyles Those the exclusive to luxurious. Of-
2: I can I can picture the comic, or maybe it was the book. It might have actually been it was it in the bath series. I think
0: this is legends from the planet of twilight book from 1997. Yeah. But I wonder if they also were in that too. That would make sense that they recanted. I
2: feel like there was a scene in aftermath where the, um, the, the homosexual, like, um, former empire person. I can't, I want to say Silas, but that's not his name. Um, I don't know. He's like investigating something and, and he's like, going to a brothel or something and he mentioned sex there That's but
0: right. uh, so doing my clicking i'm again i am sorry for this 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 whatever but i, I have to uh it's under reproduction so there is an entry for reproduction oh, in what? in uh in there's also canons and legends i'm going with canon reproduction um yeah it actually shows up in quite a bit but it's interesting yeah, indirect, all indirect mentions mentioned. So indirect, right? So indirect, indirect, indirect. But there is the mentioned, which is like actually talked about. Yeah. Okay. Only what I see is High Republic into the dark.
2: There Everything else
0: seems to be indirect discussions of sex. So it yeah. might be, I'd have to go the through all these, but it actually might compensate. be the first direct discussion about sex in a Star Wars book. Yeah. Interesting.
2: That is very interesting. OK, so groundbreaking again, just casually groundbreaking is, I guess, I no. you could qualify Claudia's uh, books. It's also
0: awesome. ed- mentioned in Leia, Princess of Alderaan, which, by the way, also another Claudia, Claudia Gray book. So Claudia Gray is talking about sex with the audience that should be talked to about sex. So good yeah. for her.
2: Good for her. Yeah, she seems to, like, own this demo, this, like, you mm-hmm. know, teenage high school age demo because she's so good at like making them perfect for that demographic as well as like very entertaining um, and engaging for
0: adults as well. Yeah, Um, which is an understatement.
2: Yeah. Uh, All right. So can we talk about Geode now?
0: Yes, please. Uh, The least sexual being in the entire galaxy.
2: (laughs) Yeah, the least being in the galaxy. Um, Geode's a rock. Uh, which is what the name suggests, Uh, but he's the navigator rock. It's really tough to tell as you read this book, whether it's just a rock that they've sort of adopted and everyone's crazy. Right. Or Or if it actually has a. Yeah. Or if it actually performs a function in one way or the other. And she goes like it's a joke. It's a running joke. She goes to the well regularly And every time she does, it's gold.
0: Um, Because there's just enough doubt. And every time she introduces the character to be like, are they just effing with us? Or is that thing actually sentient? Right. Because they'll just turn around and the rock will be there. Right. Which is just hilarious because you can almost picture because it's always another way you can picture of one of the other characters running in and putting the rock there and then running away. Right. Like just like, like putting it there. Like it's like the elf on the shelf. Right. Like, is it real or not?
1: We yeah. did so. We did see those rock beings in the pack uh, comics, though. Recently, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, with
0: Chewbacca and C three PO, right? Yeah, and that was. were a big.
1: That was a big series. It was pretty cool to see. And so, rock people have been in Star Wars before. It was just this was this was more comical, and it's like Leox's right hand rock, which is hilarious.
3: Yeah,
2: can I can I rip off some quotes here for a second, yeah. please? One is the the introduction. So standing in one corner of the cockpit was a rock about as tall and as slightly wider than wreath himself. Uh, dark gray with rounded edges and a flinty flaky surface. Uh, impressive as rocks went, but still it was just a rock. Wasn't it? Question mark. Wreath uh, frowned. Sure it was some kind of weird joke. <laughs> that's I mean, so this is the introduction. And that's that's sort of setting you up to where it's going. He's a Vintian from Vint. OK. Uh, leox lazily wrapped an arm around the rock shoulders quote in quotation uh just like anyone would with a friend geodes a nickname by the way turns out you can't pronounce his name correctly unless you don't have a mouth which is like ironic and amazing but it's just like then this i actually like highlighted every time that he's mentioned because like (laughs) every joke was like funnier than the last i just couldn't Geode buddy, Leok says, you seeing what I'm seeing, Geode's ominous silence told the whole story. <laughs> something was genuinely yeah. wrong with Iverson's traffic. Like it was always <laughs> like something sort of like his silence was like emoting something more than it was. <laughs> uh hey, if we had to get hit, I wish it wouldn't have been uh by anything else. Any damn rock out there in space, Liok said. No offense. Geode's amiable silence indicated that. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's such a great running gag. It reminds me of the old thing where you just where they showed a woman's face on film, not really emoting anything and would tell people why she was making that face and people would read into it. Right. So if they told this tragic, if they said it was part of a, or they would put it in the middle of like a love scene and they would cut to her and it'd be, I love you. Or if you part of like a sad scene, they cut to her same face. It's sadness, right? Like we as humans read into things (laughs) And I think it's it was just so well done. I just that's such a great running gag.
1: Yeah, which of cool course stuff, effect, he said it's rock. It's <laughs> yeah. just like oh, here's a rock.
2: Here's <laughs> a rock. But it was just <laughs> the best. Like I guess you could only really do this in text and like pull it off. Like has Claudia been thinking about this character her entire career, and is like now so. is when I can pull the trigger on it. Like yeah, we're changing course. Affie went cold as though the coaxium regulator had been dropped back into her arms in hyperspace? Yeah, I know. And don't even start Geode.
3: Like it's just like
2: <laughs> oh oh apparently Geode was a Imagine
1: like Matthew McConaughey is saying Geode, right? That's like yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is terrible, huh? Please, Affie whispered, Come on, geode. like Geode. <laughs> Yeah, don't try to talk to him about him yet. Geode's incredibly sensitive. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. It just kept going and going. I, yeah, I mean, I want to just like pull up every Geode quote.
3: Yeah.
2: It, it just, but it just keeps giving and giving. And I mean, maybe Geode was the entirety of the comedy of this whole book. I don't know. Um, because there was a lot of serious moments. One, where, so one but, like overarching theme sorry yeah. uh adam to no, and interject it. after this one point is that like death is everywhere in the high republic this like the concept of grieving and death yeah. is like an overarching pall that 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 exists over this whole uh the right. era now, like, so far
0: which i think is gonna feed into what i was thinking about where they're going on this whole thing but that's why you need a geode right like this is heavy stuff this is a horror movie every good horror movie Sorry. Uh now I stopped mid-sentence because now I'm racking through my brain. I'm like, not true for this horror movie or that horror movie or this horror yeah. movie. So, so let me rephrase that. that. But a lot of good horror movies have a comic relief character. You need to cut the tension, right? You need that character who cuts the tension. And that's what Geode is. But I also love the fact that like she it's a mystery, as you mentioned earlier. Like they leave you hanging throughout this, but they give you a definitive answer about Geode at the towards the end of this end of this book, right? Like you have because you do, but you use the force, right? You use the force to answer this question. Reeve feels geode at a deep level through the force, understanding it's a sentient being finally at the end, which I think is kind of fun. Like, it's just you have your cake and eat it, too. You have that joke throughout the entirety of it. But then she also just used the force to finally get there, which is brilliant.
2: Right. But the interesting thing is midway through, he's like he was writing. He, he wrote a letter that he ended up throwing out. Uh, uh, Reeve did. And he was—he mentioned he's like I think I felt it through the force. Like he was—it's not like he wasn't trying. That's
0: fair. Yeah, yeah.
2: You know, but look at that moment when the rock saved his life. He's—he felt it, which is still sort of wishy-washy to me.
1: Well, kind of the way it was. Dringer, right? The Dringer. It was a mystery. It's—it's the expanding our ideas of what's sentient in the galaxy. You know, like what 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 can what can life what forms can life take. And it seems like (laughs) a Vintian is a viable form and (laughs) apparently an incredible navigator.
2: And that's, that's what I'm here for because like there's not a lot of science fiction in star Wars. And this is a, the way that it's presented best in star Wars is these are, are these cultures and these ways of life and these ways, these different perspectives. And this this is a, a beautiful way to expand the galaxy. I love, you know, it's like, let's can we just not get like, all right, it's a human but as a funny head, you know? That's that's a lot of these things because of limitations on, you know, early, you know, 70s, whatever makeup design. Um, so when they start getting to this stuff and also like, uh, Kovac Vitus's old master, like, oh, I want to see that master in play or that species in play.
1: Um, yeah. Uh, Simix
2: Simix.
0: Yeah. yeah. Simix
2: cool. is what is Simix uh, Master Simix's uh, Culture or um, species? species. I, I know. just know it's so it's snake like. Um, yeah. yeah. Let's just say that it's a serpent like so he doesn't have arms. It's a serpent um, and that's his master. And it's like, how cool would it be to learn from a serpent master? You know, like, oh i would love to see that in live action
1: um i hope i hope they're not setting up like a a (laughs) i'm wondering what where this character is going to go we'll get to we'll go to the spoiler section and talk about it but like i'm i'm interested to see where this character goes specifically um just based on the 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 cross-cutting to the memory of going on that diplomatic mission to um to stop those two houses from killing each other or whatever. Right.
2: So this is the parallel story um that was told and it was juxtaposed. It was earlier and this is when I think Orla and Comac were both Eram
1: from... Arana, I think the places were called. The two
2: Yeah, Iram and Arana. yeah. yeah. Um they were this is a mission before that they were on together as Padawans, I believe. Um yeah. and, and it shaped their lives in very different ways. Um, and Comac lost his master in another like senseless death. Right. It was like essentially a car crash. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, and, and he was trying, to, that's what sort of spurned on and sort of like trying to understand the force. And this is like the way people of faith struggle with, with their faith is like w- when you have these meaningless deaths yeah. <laughs> happen to people that you adore and it's uh that will shake anyone's faith no matter if it's you're a jedi or you know a muslim or a christian or whatever like it um it it just is the way it works but uh so that's that and then orla has a very different orla has instincts right that go against the jedi code and but her instincts aren't wrong
3: right and,
2: um and and she's told to follow this doctrine but it doesn't really work and back the same way. He's like, why am I not allowed to feel? Why am yeah. I not allowed to grieve? This doesn't, this isn't right. And he is right. You know? You, you have to grieve.
1: They don't and, give you the Jedi don't give you tools to deal with pain. Really. No. Meditation. There, I don't know what else they really offer. Yeah. They
0: and there's a lot of pain being felt right now in the high republic. And there's a lot of jedi questioning why they're not allowed to feel the way they feel like they should be able to feel
2: yeah yeah i mean that's i think the going to be a crux of the conflict going forward like we're going to see a dogmatic shift between the high republic and then the you know skywalker era and what changes why does it change these are all going to be really interesting questions to Follow as we follow the progress of the higher Republic because it's it is I mean again that's why Skywalker and Vader and and Sidious were allowed to come to power is like the Jedi fell victim to their old own practices yeah um, and you know are we going to start seeing flaws here are they going to see different flaws that turn into new flaws that like cause the the next thing like I I don't know what's going on but the the jedi order which was all you know roses and and rainbows and space unicorns up to this point has been you know really not shattered but um conflicted and um challenged yeah all right so they they go to this world that we've now found is the world that kylo ren went to many years later um but uh they're there. It's, you know, they they feel the dark side here, and it's centered around these um, totems. Yeah. Know, yeah. Like figurines. Yeah. And they don't understand it, and they make the wrong call, and they remove them kind of easily, and they release the drengear, which yeah. were kept dormant by these, you know, totems that were apparently erected by Sith. Uh, ancient yeah. Sith. It's a big
1: reveal, right? I mean, you yeah. initially yeah. that they were Jedi that were kind of holding the the Drenger back uh, at bay. And, um, but then later, uh, <laughs> later you meet the Drenger and they talk to yeah. the characters and you get a reveal that the lightsabers were a different color. You know, that kind of signifies these were Sith that, yeah. that built these totems and controlled these drenger
2: right they use the, the dark side was used to keep the dark side back <laughs> which is these dringier are like so they're you know carnivorous plant warriors kind of not really the sharpest tools in the shed um yeah. but they I, I guess they're fueled by the dark side
1: yeah they just want to like yeah they want to eat the dark, eat the dark side. I think, and like coax it into being. Like they want people to fight. They want people to feel their anger, to much like the emperor. They want to activate the dark side in people, um, and then I, I, I imagine feed on it. And that, they are basically dark side sentient carnivorous carnivorous plants. Like this is.
2: I'm um, here for Grant saying dark side carnivorous plants. That's what I'm. Yeah,
0: too because it's
2: completely accurate and it's completely bizarre and uh, that's why i love star wars i mean it makes sense right like they talk about balance in the force right and there's life and all this but it's like okay it's like maybe not all play plant life signifies health and light side like maybe there's a darkness to it too i mean that's we have that in um in plants there's poison ivy and poison oak and venus flytraps, and like there's you know There's plants that can kill you.
0: Yeah, Um, absolutely.
2: And and that's what this sort of represents in our world. Yeah, just it's something.
0: Yeah, I was just gonna say it's something completely new and different, right? We're this far into Star Wars, and the fact that we're in like sentient dark side eating plants, right? And yet, (laughs) and yet it works. It feels there, but there's so much, like through the second third of this book. Before we meet the we don't meet the Drenger until quite deep into this book, right? Like they're teased
2: like after the half at least,
0: which I love because it's like a reveal. And 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 because so much of it is like, are these Jedi idols? And then there's this they go back to the Jedi Temple and there's a discussion about like, well, we only have actually seen certain things that can imbue the dark side. Like they talk about like there's so much lore Yeah. In all of this stuff about like what can hold dark side, what things can be held, what type of dark side things are there? There's apparently when they go into the Jedi temple being built on top of a Sith temple, which we've known, but they go into it and they go down the stairs built by the Sith. There's like a there's like a dark side like area in the like it's just amazing, like cleaning center, Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: Oh, Grant, I know you're feeling it. I can see you feeling it. This is, this is Grant's, like, wheelhouse right here. Yeah. How do you feel about the uh, Jedi Temple being built on top of a Sith Temple, Grant?
1: I mean, this is, no, this is, I've been waiting for this for a long time. I've always thought that a good Star Wars movie should go back to the sort of city or home base world. And then, you know, explore the dark essence in that territory. And then really strike, strike fear in wherever you think you're safe um instead of just instead of just obliterating your kind of populated world right off the bat and and i love the structure of this book to go back there go to the jedi temple go underneath investigate these idols um, um they they understand that that they're, they're at fault and that if they need to yeah. get replaced and then what? then i love that the story boots back up and they they uh hire the ship orland's already got the ship yeah. ready and they're going to go back to the Maxine yeah. Station to return the idols. Um, I thought that was just so cool. I love that structure. So that was fun to read that, that whole yeah. time.
0: To me, this yeah, is yeah I actually, yeah, I have the quote, if we want to hear the quote about the Jedi yeah. Temple. I found Go it. Go for it. Go All for right. it. So going to be a a second, but few people knew that the Jedi Temple had been built upon a Sith shrine, a virgin of the Force created there, a nexus of power and energy that could be put to many uses, both worthy and wicked. Virginses rose of their own accord. They could not be created, only discovered. In the far distant past of the Old Republic, back during the ancient Sith Empire, Sith and Jedi had often warred for control of these virginses. Side note, I want to see that movie. Continuing on, the Sith had held this
2: We already got nine.
0: Yeah. Right. So like, that's amazing. Right. That that just that's that's just a paragraph just thrown in a book about Star Wars, which is just like, please. You sh- got to control
1: yeah. all the virgences, Then you get the the mega virgins. That's uh, the final
0: that Anakin
2: Skywalker is a virgins in the force, which right? is interesting because it says Qui-Gon Jinn who- labels Anakin Skywalker. He's like, there's been a virgins in the force. Yeah. Right. That's how he describes Anakin at first.
0: Which this line got through the editors, and that line is virgences rose of their own accord, they could not be created, only discovered. Which yeah. does it's maybe put the final nail in the argument that Sidious created Anakin. I guess not.
2: No. He yeah, yeah. Like Anakin thought he he did, and and uh Sidious made him think like I created you, you know, like I am your father, right? But that right. wasn't the case I, that's another great turn i think I, I love it yeah uh i mean i i hope it doesn't i don't think it discredits vader that much because he's he's a vergence right he is a, yeah. a lever on which the entire fate
0: of the galaxy cool. balanced um and it makes sense right in the far distance past um sith and jedi warred for control these virgences. that's what we see in the prequel the sith And the Jedi warring for the soul of Anakin Skywalker, which is not the virgins is no longer a place. It's a being. Right. And so both the dark and the light are fighting over this character, this virgins. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Heavy stuff. Like, gosh, I'm worried like we're going to miss so much because there were so many paragraphs like this. that Uh, Sort of just like took, you know, really controversial things and like qualified them. Um, Yeah. There was also a fourth wall breaking in this about legends and it was a joke between right. abby,
1: yeah.
2: abby and leox I and they're just like oh but well, we all know that like legends there's truth to all legends or something i'm trying to find it a, was
1: a secret like a wink wink scene where it was yeah. like you know yeah. legends, like we we know legends are still in existence or still matter Like you know what i mean like yeah yeah so basically I, I feel like it's claudia gray and probably the entire lucasfilm story group and all lucasfilm yeah. creators being I, like you know I don't think you guys understand this. Like, Even though we've started a new canon, the Legends novels are ours to mine. They're another mine. They're another. Yeah, I found, the, I, found the I found the quote.
2: I found the quote. These artifacts show up in Legends more often than in real life. We're not ignoring Legends, Orla interjected. Her eyes met Master Comac's as if they were in on some kind of secret that apprentices were not yet senior enough to know. Wreath might have thought it actually. was a shared joke if Master Comac had smiled. Master Comac doesn't smile, by the way. He doesn't smile. Uh, yeah. But uh, I and was like, whoa. Kind
1: of at the end, he smiles a tiny bit at the end. That's yes. The end. Yeah. Right.
2: There was one. He was like, I do from time to time, like make a joke. What What does Comac look like to you guys?
1: I think he's a human, like yeah. uh, guy with I don't know. Yeah. Adult, middle aged. I don't know. Middle aged. Um,
2: he He's a very Mr. Roman. Name.
0: Yeah. I mean, so until Grant spoke about him and I read more about him on Wikipedia or Wikipedia, I should say, he was kind of the character I at least connected with. Other than towards the end, I found it really interesting. Like I found his idea of, you know, loss and being able to grieve really interesting. But I didn't have much of a feel for him. And so I can't tell you what he looks like. And then when I look on Wikipedia, he's the only character in the novel that doesn't have any picture associated right. with him yet. So, but I think I I do agree. After hearing Grant and reading over, I'm like, oh, it wasn't actually deep character for some reason. I just didn't I just didn't visualize him like I did some of the other ones, and I'm not sure why.
2: He strikes me as like a Socratic Greek figure, mm. like a little older, a little more rotund, uh, maybe not quite post hair, but mostly post hair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, slightly
1: post hair. Yeah. Yeah. That vibe as well.
2: Yeah. But did you sense a little flame between Orla and, um, and Comac? I felt like they, I thought they were going to be romantically involved at the beginning of this, but then. Do we... we
0: see a theme forming in the High Republic?
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like denied, forbidden love.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, uh, they didn't explore this really at all in, um, the, the, you know Skywalker Saga uh, between you know jedi, um but you can only imagine I mean if you're pent up in this place since childbirth and you're still you know sentient beings, like there's gonna be this desire and attraction uh no matter what what you've been told since birth,
1: yeah I mean yeah. don't know that they're part of that same mission um that went wrong uh so they have that shared history and that trauma i feel like yeah
3: yeah,
0: yeah. they
2: definitely have that yeah
0: a connection uh, yeah
2: so why don't we get on to the third third act here so they they leave they, i was gonna say it's very so much like We've we, we
1: talking about um Higg and uh we've we been talking about it?
2: no i mean we didn't talk about any of the people they met originally on um the maxine uh base uh so Haig and Nan, uh Haig younger girl, Haig older uh um not anything a name, like mall species, the uh
1: wasn't there uh wasn't there um a Zabrak? Wasn't one of them a Zabrak? Zab-
2: yeah, Hag is a Zabrak, thank you.
1: Um, and then we find you think they're just regular people, survivors, and this is there's a horror survival vibe when they get on the Amaxine station. And a lot's gone wrong, obviously, to find those Sith idols. But they also find these people. And uh, one is uh, a winsome, kind of charming young woman. And then one's an older guy who, who's, uh he can't walk, right? Like, he walks with a cane or...
3: Yeah,
2: that's the older Zabrak. He's older you know, way Zabrak. older. Yeah, they seem completely harmless. Yeah.
1: Harmless survivors. Um, little do they know, uh, total zealots of the Nile.
3: <laughs> yeah
1: right or nile like it's wild yeah uh the yeah, Nile so- are coming in a big way towards the end of this book when they return because i think chronologically they were now at the point when they return to the maxine station and there is a there is a nile um tempest runner or i forget what you'd call them, a cruiser i don't know what starship um also orbiting the the, the station we get a pretty fun fight between the Nile and the Drenger later in the yeah. book after the Jedi confront the Drenger. And it's, uh, it's interesting because it makes me think the Nile are dark side. Like it makes me think that they are the dark side does emanate from them and they do channel the dark side because the, the, uh, the Drenger just make like a line straight.
0: For the yeah. just right past the Jedi, right to yeah. the Nile.
1: Yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, really fun when uh wreath confronts um uh hag is it or nan or which one is the
3: nan, uh, right nan, huh? nan,
1: yeah uh he confronts nan and uh and she just talks about how she is a the cause to the uh of the eye and the the storms and the uh uh the nile cause and uh and then wreath I think is thinking to himself like I even you know, I haven't heard people talk like this since, uh, except for like Padawans and Star Starfighter right. Cadets, and and that was such an interesting scene because it's like I've never heard you know people being people being kind of like um, zealous about violence. You know, like I yeah. haven't heard. It's, it's pretty dark. And then I was thinking about that for a minute. I was like, this is actually it's a really big problem. Like, just in, in as humanity has as a whole, or you know us intelligent life forms in, in the case of star Wars. And it, it's just, it's fascinating to see this book dealing with that sort of extremism. And uh, yeah, it was, it was, that was just a really cool confrontation.
0: Yeah,
2: absolutely. There's so many philosophical questions that are asked in this. And I love the way that we see the Jedi order through, wreath silas's eyes you know he's just like yeah i'm not about that and like i'm really about knowledge and um you know everything that goes along with being a jedi just not you know not just um lightsaber combat which he's fantastic at as it turns out um and i just think he's i don't know it's a great commentary on what are the Jedi? Like they're not these yeah. like Marvel superheroes, you know? Like yeah, they're not really,
0: warriors. Yeah.
2: Yeah, like really the best Jedi are these peacekeepers. These you know, ideologues. They're you know, the ones that understand the galaxy and and the good yeah. and the bad and can diffuse problems and are they're diplomats, uh they're problem solvers you know and then you know yes they have these really extra sensory physical abilities um yeah that are cool and it's fun and it makes for great you know mythos modern mythos um yeah
0: it, and yet yeah and that's what i like about wreath is just not i love the fact that they keep him out of the decision if i remembering correctly and and correct me if i'm wrong but they, he's not involved in the decision to let the Drenger loose on the Nile, right? Like, it's that's um, no, that's he's fighting solely... his own fight against the Drenger. Yeah, at point. yeah, I think that's important, and I think that's going to come back to play when we revisit some of these characters. Because in this book, and into the uh, the light of the Jedi, and some of the other stuff we're seeing, there's a lot of utilitarian decision making by some of the Jedi, which is like for the greater good. Um, yes, we can't let this, we can't let, let the station get we can't let the Nile get it. We can't let the Drenger get it. So we just sick them on each other and allow them to basically slaughter each other, which is to me, like I read that book and going at the end, I'm like, this does not feel like a Jedi decision to me, right? Like this felt not like a Jedi move to just sick them on each other and then run. Well,
2: it's and I very, like that. I, yeah. It's a very, I valid. don't
0: think there
1: was any stopping the Drenger though. Remember like they're cutting them down and they're just growing back and they're yeah,
0: yeah, and so they let him slaughter the Nile.
2: And they slaughter the Drenger, which are sentient beings, and by their definition, yeah. Jedi's defi- you know definition, yeah. they want to try to reach out to them if possible.
0: And like, let me be clear. I don't know if I would have come to any other decision. To me, it makes the most logic, logical decision when you have two enemies, like the enemy of my enemy type of situation. But I kind of expect more from my Jedi, right? Right. To like solve the problem, to work it out, to find a solution that doesn't Without involve killing just letting, everybody, letting everyone kill each other. And I think that's the point of this book. I think that's part of what's going on. We see in the High Republic in the first phase of the High Republic, watching them make these decisions that are aided in. And I don't want to say gray in terms of the gray Jedi. I don't mean <laughs> it that way, but 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 tinged, right? These not fully light side decisions, I think. I think the Jedi have lost their ways in this high era that we're talking about. In some ways, I think there's something bubbling under the surface. Not all of them, but there's a sect here. And and you know maybe this is a good time as any to kind of give my tinfoil hatty thought about this. Um, and this is connected to episode two, my one of my favorite Star Wars <laughs> movies of all time. But I was just googling to make sure I had this right. There are twenty lost Jedi that are introduced in episode 20? two. I thought there was
2: only seven.
0: No, the lost 20. Um, I thought it was the last episode. Two. I thought it was
2: single digits.
0: Wow. Okay. Lost 20, and we only know who two of those are in camp right now. Count Dooku. Count Dooku, and then... His Padawan. Uh,
2: yeah, what's his name?
0: And they had another one. Sorry, my cat's in the way of my computer, so I can't see it now. <laughs> All right, there we go. Uh oh, dar uh, Jedi Master uh, Trennis, who Yoda talks about in something, might be so. yeah, in uh, just that's, tr- a, that's uh, no. in the High Republic. I don't know, just Trennis, T R E N N I S. That's Keeve Trennis. I don't, don't know if it's so, it's not connecting to Keeve Trennis, so it might just be a like a weird. Well, if he we said Trennis, we have
2: a we have a key of Trennis, right? This is Skears Padawan.
0: Uh oh yeah. Also, interesting, written by Kevin Scott. So this is in Dooku Lost, which is written by Kevin Scott, who is writing the Higher Republic comic. So we may have just stumbled upon one yeah. of the lost twenty, which again connects more to my did hattie. Are a long, long a big proportion of the lost 20 from the high Republic era they lose a lot of Jedi Jedi who stepped away from the order because they didn't believe in this, this idea. Are we looking at, are we seeing the evolution of the last, last 20 affection. in some of these books? Yeah. yeah.
2: I, I think about that on every page of every one of these High Republic things I see. I mean, it seems like they're all tempted by the dark side. In fact, it's sort of insane how fragile the doctrine of the Jedi was as soon as they, faced real conflict it's like all these jedi shattered and they're like questioning everything they've known their whole lives
1: um, well we'll see this happen with des Rydan in the book yeah absolutely uh, we, we yeah. think he we think he's uh he dies uh in this contraption early on in the book and then uh after uh Reith silas gets trapped or he he takes it's this fascinating moment where he takes this kind of like um, hyperspace pod to like the home world of the Drenger and it's like it's 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 horrifying and then he gets there and then it's this surreal kind of like natural like kind of paradise and um but also like filled with obviously the Drenger and, and then uh, we cut back to Dez and we find Dez, Dez has survived the incident and we it was just a sim- similar kind of um he also ended up there and smoked the Drenger and uh, they eventually make him fight um, and uh, embrace yeah. his anger, and he uh, he falls to the dark not falls to the dark side but he he's tempted by the dark side of this book in a big mm-hmm. way and, and navigating that and he actually takes the bearish vow at the end of this book. Yeah, uh, I found that like I found that kind of interesting and moving given i read, read those Vader comics uh, with uh, the Jedi. Um, who was on the bearish vow?
2: Oh, yes, yeah. that's where he got oh, yeah. his first lightsaber, right?
1: Yeah, I uh, knew I'd seen it somewhere, but I forgot fun. where. Yeah, that was a super fun little um series. Yeah.
0: I think he realized how close he is to the dark side and how close all Jedi really are to the dark side. Yeah,
1: I and I said this early on when we were talking about these books, I think we've already been introduced to the thing that the Jedi are most afraid of that is the dark side, just in general, and in them. And surrounding the galaxy. I think that's just it's something that they're all gonna have to deal with. And again, it also speaks to the trauma and dealing with trauma and possibly not having the tools to do that and and falling, like we're like loading great storm, like Dez, like all these characters that are kind of we're now seeing um, fall. Skier with the visions. Uh it's yeah. a, and obviously Jorah Molly's passing affected everyone deeply. Yeah. yeah. And that's what we're feeling reverberate through all these characters, and it's powerful stuff. It's really wonderful storytelling. So
0: yeah, it feels like this they, these Jedi have been sitting pretty for quite a while and haven't felt the loss of another Jedi in in combat, right? Or in or in conflict with with some larger entity. I don't I don't think these Jedi know how to deal with conflict on this level,
2: right? So we're well into the like spoiler territory here. Let's let's, yeah. you know, do the the last mile on this this book. I, I love yeah. that we've been talking mostly not about the details, but about the like issues that have come here. I feel like we're just scratching the surface. I hope all of y'all listening at home are into this as well, because I think this is fun. We're, we're talking about the, the things around the book. So even if you haven't heard it, um, you'll at least understand Jedi concepts here. And it'll make you want to read this, but um, yeah. So they they have to go back, just like Lost. They, uh, like <laughs> that's the the it, quote. This is like we have to go back. Like we have to go back. I forgot about that. Yeah, every character in the ensemble have to go back, and yeah. there's one. Uh, I thought that was a great moment, and and then now they're dealing with this. Um, you know, we talked about the haunted house, uh, the lower levels. Every time they went into the quote unquote lower levels, right. Like where Des was allegedly vaporized in the beginning right. of this, it was like, why are you going there? And like, you know, someone yeah. almost died of a thorn poisoning, and that eight T's are everywhere. The like, the 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 landscaping droids, which are like terrifying. Yeah, uh, yeah. It seems like a very hostile place, but yet that's the center of 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 the guts of most of this place. But this is where you know Reeve really um wreath really like like shines i mean yeah he never wanted to be the adventurer. he never wanted to be this person but like through his his own ethos like he's just like i got to you know this is something i have to do and this this makes sense and if i'm if i'm a real jedi then i must do this and so i will do this and he just like you know one step at a time does heroic stuff and is great and he he ends up being the one that saves the, you know, the, you know, quarterback of the football team who's just shattered because of his, you know, not looking before he leaped. And, uh, right. and you know, he, he reconciles with Nan, who, you know, he was worried, you know, was his nemesis and was like his greatest mistake. He was so ashamed of that coming back to Coruscant knowing that he let the Nile just deceive him completely and you know how does he get through that and how does you know and then he spaces everyone in the biodome He's just like you know what I guess I need to just kill everybody bang just like spaces all the Nile and all the Drenger in like one toilet flush
1: yeah
3: that's
1: the all the scenes with Reef in the third act I thought of this book were pretty astounding. So visually, um, that character gets to go to some cool places. Yeah, totally. And, uh, uh, it looked amazing, it just like visually from that character's point of view. Uh, kind of big, uh, big, I thought big reveal was um, the the Comac at the end is sort of dissuaded by the Jedi doctrine and sort of wants to move away from yeah. it. And I was kind of holding back from talking about that, but I think Comac at the end of this book. I mean, this is where he goes ahead because I, I think that that line where he goes, you know, the darkness is as much a part of the force as the light. The Order thinks they can bisect yeah. the force so neatly, as though the primal living energy of all existence were a thing to be sliced and served. And that was I, that. Just that just took me back, and I was like, whoa! Is this character really just coming to the idea that the Jedi are like the, the Jedi are wrong in just trying to study the light yeah. and igno- ignore we... the dark?
0: We saw something similar, and I can't remember exactly how, but we saw something similar in into the or the light of the Jedi, I should say, and and even in uh, the the Justina Ireland book, right? There, there's stuff going on there where I think we are going to get Jedi dabbling with the dark side a little bit, flirting with the dark side, flirting with something that's not quite bright light, light. white. Wow. Okay. You're a poet. Yeah, I mean the, that. I didn't
2: that quote grant you just mentioned really s- sat with me a long time yeah
1: and
2: i think there was like a line after that quote that i was trying to see if i did but
1: um he yeah he says yeah, doesn't, he just, doesn't doesn't the separation keep us safe is what wreath says and then right. Com- Comac says or does the divide only make the darkness darker that more was dangerous what I was like than in a state of nature and it's it's okay. Yeah, does it make the darkness and, darker? Yeah, and this is where I, why I think we need to add nature to the pillars, or just for the High Republic era era, era because uh, it seems like what they're doing with the Nile and the Drenger both is commentary on nature's the chaos of nature. And the I think nature we can make space. an
0: argument. I think you can make an argument for adding nature to the pillars. I'm I quickly went through my brain in a lot of the movies, and there's there's a nature undertone to a lot of the movies actually. I think you could do it. Um, there's a reason why all of these Jedi are wearing bright white robes. And the next time we see them, none of them are wearing bright white robes. They're not cloaking themselves in this bright whiteness. And I think we're going to find out why in this series.
2: It's going to be fascinating. Different. I really hope they go into this. I mean, that that's why I said at the beginning of this, why I think, Comax, the most interesting one, because he's not, yeah. wrong. you know, I mean, when I look at other turns to the dark side that we've seen, I mean, Maul, OK, you know, he was raised from birth to be bad. And, you know, um, Dooku, uh, I feel like he fell to the dark side for the wrong reasons and Anakin fell to the dark side for the wrong reasons and like all this. But like if this is how you know, Comac like meanders into the dark side, like uh, he's doing it for the right reasons, I think.
0: Um, and uh, and I want to see hell is what paved in good intentions, right? Like, okay, sure, yeah. and maybe
2: he'll go to hell, you know, proverbially, but like yeah. maybe he won't. Like, maybe he'll actually uncover some really interesting yeah. truths about the force. Um, and that's what I'm here for. I want to see yeah. maybe him be like, okay, let's let's see this, like. You're a good Jedi like you you you're an your fault is that you're too empathetic, which is, you know, a a real fundamental aspect of being a Jedi. Right. And being a good person. And so I trust him dabbling in the dark side and I want to see where that
0: goes. I'm so I cannot wait for the journey. If this is the journey we're taking, I think it's fascinating. I think it adds to lore. Again, the next time we see the Jedi, they are so adamant about not forming connections. No connections, none, mm. none whatsoever. Yeah. It's only two hundred years later. There's a reason why they're so adamant that no one has connections to anyone, right? And they talk about that in this, in these books. It's not like that's a new thing in, in two hundred years. But when we see them in like the prequel trilogy, that is. Of really that's a sticking point for them and i think there's a i think we're going to find out why in this i think a lot of these books are going to inform why we see where the they are at at the end of their reign
2: right yeah this could really be the beginning of the end for a lot yeah. of them that makes a lot of sense as an arc
1: uh master Dampo does give a pretty good summation of kind of the doctrine. During the High Republic era, and what they believe—did you guys like catch that fight? Obviously, when he, yeah, uh, they are awaiting yeah. judgment after returning from um, the the station, uh, and Wreath I think thinks he's going to be scolded mm-hmm. and you know thrown he out of the, maybe
0: even expelled. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: and uh, but it turns out that you know Master adopt was pretty forgiving. The council was forgiving, and uh, he goes, he goes, you know. Um, when he, when he talks about them just kind of going off on their own, you know, against the, the rule, the, the defying the council, uh, the commands of the order. Uh, he, he goes, you know, you're each aware, of course, of the dangers that a jet, uh, when a Jedi goes rogue. Even way seekers yeah. have protocols to follow. The abilities we possess, the skills we have learned to wield, these cannot be used in the pursuit of selfish concerns. If they're not employed in the service of others, they're employed wrongly that is why the order exists to ensure that our abilities do not corrupt us, but instead enrich the galaxy and the force itself.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean that, that sounds like pretty pure and to... pretty on point, right? Like yeah. that,
1: that's, that's, pretty that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. I think
0: the key line I'm is if they're not employed in the service of others, they're employed wrongly, right? Like that's how the force is used best. It's not for yourself, not for your order, but for others. Right. Yeah. And I think, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know know how much we're seeing that.
1: But you're going to see some pretty horrific things. You're going to have trauma and you're going to have pain. And that's going to push you towards, you know, darker emotions. Emotions that you didn't think you'd experience.
0: Yeah. But do you space everyone in order to save yourselves? Or are you spacing everyone to prevent those two people to get the space station who could then use it to hurt others? My point being is... utilitarian. Isn't it easy to justify what you're doing is not for yourself, but for others, right? right? So it's that clarity of like, what do we mean by that? How do we get there?
3: Right. Yeah, pretty yeah. fascinating. So.
0: Super
2: fascinating. Yeah. I mean, that for me is the crescendo of the book is really yeah. that conflict that he runs into um, and sort of parallel to that and, and helping it is Orla's um, arc. Most of Orla's arc takes place in the flashback. Um, and, you yeah. know, she's sort of a peripheral character for most of it. But then at the end, the force is telling her to do one thing. But her her Jedi orders, the Jedi training is telling her to do another. And yeah. she does what the Jedi training tells her to do, and she regrets it because it could have saved the life if she had just trust mm. in the force. I mean, that's a pretty gray area that's a pretty squishy area it's like well you should have i mean your training should tell you to do what the force tells you to do right and maybe yeah. she was young then right and she wasn't listening maybe not listening to all the signs that she knew would be right at that time but um but it's fascinating and that's what sends her on her wayfinder path and in a way it's it's oddly parallel to core uh, sort of like is there light and dark? Like, do you know? Maybe the Jedi aren't aren't all knowing, and maybe this dogma isn't isn't perfect.
0: Yeah. yeah. Also, instead of calling them gray Jedi, I think we should call him squishy Jedi. There you go. <laughs> quote, squishy. Jedi. I like it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right, because she goes off at the end. She kind of goes off in her. She gets a starship called the Light Seeker at the
2: end.
1: Yeah. 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 <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah i want to see every every inch of the star seeker
3: <laughs>
2: in the, the light part secret. of yeah yeah, 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 light yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, that'll be great so at the end you know they all find their their resolution a bit um uh wreath gets a new uh master in in comic which makes a lot of sense because Comac is like a historian and they're actually very much in the same it might be too matchy matchy even for the Jedi order like they great
1: great great quote from both. Comac about the best way to learn is to teach or whatever I forget what it was.
0: Yes, uh, the best way to learn. Um, to yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is which is uh, not to speak for all teachers, but I can say that is that is very true. Felt like I learned more during the 10 years I was teaching than the 10 years I was learning. Right. That's interesting.
2: Yeah, that's fascinating. And um Although I really felt in my heart that they were going to just let him be a Jedi, like everything we yeah. seen, Skywalker said, like all the trials that he triumphed over. I mean, he he brought the like all star. He dragged the all star unconscious out of, you know, certain doom <laughs> and he saved everyone and, you know, brought right and wrong. Like he did all the things that there's no trial that would be more testing than what Wreath um, went through on the right. station um i found it sort of and he even had like a situation where the the wookiee ripped his um his braid off
1: oh his braid off yeah i remember yeah that. yeah That's right and it
2: was like i was like okay so it's like well he's already there like this is the force telling you like this guy's a jedi like he's yeah. good and but they're like no you have to have another you know pick your new master but it like i don't know maybe this is more adding to that this is the fall of the Jedi, where they're just like so stuck in their ways that they can't even see the Force speaking to them right to their face.
3: Yeah. Um,
2: yeah. So that goes on. Um, Nan escapes to the, um, you know, to see uh, Row. Um, mm-hmm. Meow, meow, Row. I forget his first name, but
1: um, Marshion. 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 Yeah yeah are they in no space or are they on the um oh man what's this starship called
2: the most
1: incredible name for a starship ever
2: you're thinking about the uh the republic starship actually i think the maximum or something like that
1: i'm thinking about marcion rose flagship
2: all right i don't have it i don't have it um irregardless um not a word they, uh, yeah, so she goes back there. Um, Orla goes on her mission with her beautiful starship. Uh, in style, she leaves in style as usual. Um, Gaze,
1: like gaze
0: Electric, Gaze oh, Electric, there you go.
2: That should be a band name. That should be like the actually, I think Tame Impala's real name should be Gaze Electric. <laughs> that would be like a better band name for them, yeah and in like more fitting for what they are anywho um that's an amazing name but uh <laughs> yeah so they go in their way i mean we we haven't really dabbled much into Affy's storyline which is fantastic um it is know. um
1: oh it's weird thought- goes to scover's like balcony and then she kind of turns her in
0: like the next day right Great. Uh, so you picked up on what I did that was a they did that character arc a little faster than I was expecting them to do I thought for sure she was gonna take her up on her offer for the next book right like it felt like it was yeah gonna- and then no it was just yeah, like infiltrate
2: no, from within yeah yeah.
0: and th- there's a moment I don't have the quote in front of me where she almost talks herself into it actually it highlighted it and I can't remember where she's like well I could take this job she'll die or retire I can work my way up and try to fix it from the inside which I think is such an important storyline of like how many people like flirt with evil corporations and yeah, perfect, yeah. bad things to try to fix it from the inside when in reality you don't change it it changes you
2: yes yes and, and so ultimately, that's the decision she made. She's like, that doesn't help any of the people. She's yeah. Like, Maybe I'll be in control in 20 years. She's like, but that doesn't help any of the people between now yeah. and 20 years from now.
3: Yeah. And so
2: she's like, I know what I have to do. And she turns in her foster mother, which she adored at the beginning of the um, of the book. I mean, my like that character arc, like, holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean, like, that's such a powerful move. And I mean, really, really, really cool stuff. Um and uh yeah what was the other i think did we cover everybody i
1: think uh, i mean did we talk about Jordan's the hero we talk which about we leox did. did we talk about leox like putting the spice on the ship and like orla giving him like the look <laughs> another wink wink moment by the way like not just the legend but the moment where he's trying to get the spice aboard, and he's like he's like do you object it don't object to the spice and then she's like well, we can't do anything about it now like <laughs> Whatever it's on yeah. board, and then and then it's used to heal. Big reveal! It's like used to heal yeah. the dread. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It's
2: medicinal spice, which makes so much sense.
1: That's what I always like. I, I, I thought think... that was going to be in solo. I, I really thought solo was going to go do some sort of like powwow or have one of those kind of scenes with spice. Yeah. I really did think they were going to do something like that. So
2: Oh man, how much more fun would that campfire scene been with like all of them there if they were doing spice around the uh, around the campfire. That would be an interesting like turn on I that. I
1: thought it was going to be like, I don't know, like Camel Bebop where he goes and gets his mm. like missions from the shaman.
2: There's still room for that and I hope we get it. Um, but yeah, I mean for those I mean marijuana is about to be legal in America. And it's legal in Canada already. And there seems to be a lot of relaxings on that. And so it's like, it doesn't make sense. But like You're telling me the
1: council doesn't <laughs> indulge. Right. Uh, like,
2: I, I imagine it's just bong hit sessions in the council. Like no else is there. Perfect. Exactly. Like, let's all quote unquote meditate. But they just do box They, they
1: did an outside the box, you know, like round table on the whatever diplomatic, you know, emergencies arise i, I think
0: that. i think you think the <laughs> the council <laughs> I'm is far there, t- i'm there with you i think <laughs> you think the council is far too hip i don't think so i think it's the jedi knights underneath them because i think it's like generationally right like they're the old generation when spice was the real
1: avaross so they all they used
0: were- it and they're like 18 and 19 when they were kids and then they like sold out and realized oh i shouldn't do it anymore and disavowed it didn't Quoted saying, "I didn't inhale." The secret is, right. it's they left it behind. It's
1: everyone with a green lightsaber, Adam. That's the secret.
0: <laughs> next generation coming up below them. Think about it. Not, you know, there wasn't this stigma attached to spice, so they're all using right. And so the next Jedi order, Jedi Order, we Yoda. see it like, yeah, oh we see in the oh trilogy, trilogy, they're oh, all hitting Luke. the spice real hard. Yeah. It
3: uh, works. It works.
0: I Don't know, so looking ahead, just to try <laughs> to get this thing back on rails for a second, looking ahead, uh, we're gonna see um, Wreath Silas uh, again relatively shortly. Um, uh-huh. and he's gonna be teaming up with Renester Renestra Rowe, uh, who's that Jedi Knight from the uh, Justine Ireland book, right? She's the Which one who's like awesome. the youngest, yeah. one of the youngest Jedi Knights ever. So, we're gonna have They're going to be in a book together, which is really interesting, because we have a Padawan and a Jedi Knight, probably about the same age, in a book together. And it's the Out of the Shadows book coming out this July by Justina Ireland, and it's the young adult novel. So I think it's written at the same level that Claudia Gray wrote her novel. So this is not a direct sequel to this book, but we're going to see some connections to this book.
1: That's a dynamic duo. Those two are probably the most intelligent characters we've met. I feel like wrote. leagues ahead of, of all the other Jedi in terms of her understanding of the dark side and like using the dark side a little bit. <laughs> and like, the that
2: pitch shift.
1: And, and she's got like the whip, like I get her, like she's got yeah. like- the
3: whip. Yeah.
2: I, I, I actually put um, uh, her and, and Reeve on the same level, like as far as their sophistication, though you know vernestra has passed the trials and like but i mean that to me speaks to the sort of um you know troubles that that the reeve has wreath has he's like oh i'm not good enough i can't even believe she passed the trials but like Reeth could have passed the trials oh like, yeah Secretly, like yes, he does need more real life experience, and I think that's what his master was trying to get him. And it was just like, go out there and use your talents and do a thing, you know, because you're there. Like you're there. You're you you have all this stuff. So I I see them as kind of equal on talent level, honestly. Even though uh, Vernestra has passed trials, and Wreath hasn't.
1: They might have more clarity on some issues than the council is, and that might be a cool way to play the story. Like they're Mm -hmm. very smart very inquisitive characters yeah we'll find out the core the root problem you know
2: yeah well that'll be a fantastic book i love the series so much it's been a blast it's so great um so obviously we didn't cover the uh comics this week we will do that next week um will
0: uh, no we won't. we'll do it the week after next
2: we will do it the week after next <laughs> <laughs> Uh, next week
0: week we have a very special episode
2: that's right we have a pillar um we are going to do alien worlds uh next week which is actually going to dovetail pretty great with this high republic stuff um and we'll talk all about the environment i think i I can say maybe we'll include nature in this i I think nature sort of falls under that um but we'll see we're going i'm
1: excited for this alien worlds pillars episode because it's going to be fun to or get, get ourselves oriented with the High Republic where Starlight Beacon is, kind of figure yeah. out possibly yeah. where these stories are taking place. If we can, I know there's probably not an official map yet for the High Republic, but um, it'd be fun to kind of approximate where some of this stuff could be happening.
0: Yeah.
2: Indeed. Totally. I, if you're like me, just you need to know where stuff is first and yep. then sort of build the world and you're like, okay, um, I adore maps. Um, and uh, I can't wait to sort of think about this critically and really get my mind around it for the first time. I've never really spent the time to be like, okay, let's look at the galaxy you know. map and understand where everything is.
0: Part of me is shocked. These High Republic books don't start with a galaxy map out front because they yeah. feel like high I... Fantasy and every good high Fantasy book starts with, has a map in the front of your book.
2: Mm-hmm. You're right. You're totally right.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: Is this, so there's definitely high fantasy in this
0: series. Not as much as I was but it, expecting, but still
2: some. Yeah. Yeah. What else is there? I feel like I sense a ton, a ton of genres as I'm reading through these books. I, I thought it was going to be like pure high fantasy, but it's, it's not.
3: No, yeah.
2: there's, um, there's a lot of stuff in there. But yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. anyways, so next week we will uh, do our pillar. And yeah, then um, we. we will eventually uh, catch up on comics um, for The High Republic which are also fantastic and illustrate beautifully what's going on um, in the galaxy during this time uh, period, this era.
0: And uh, Uh, we'll also cover the second chapter of Charles Sewell's short stories that you can find in uh, Star Wars Insider 200, which I think came out this week. So pick up your copy.
2: That's right. Yeah. Don't sleep on um, Star Wars Insider. It's back. So get on it. Um, And if you don't, that's cool. We'll tell you about it. (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah it's, uh, it's great to talk to you as always thanks very much for listening to us um, this was such a fun book um, we love Star Wars and we love everything that's going on with the content that's coming out um, so that's super great and um, yeah we'll talk to you next week and we can't wait so may the force be with you
1: this is Grex Kondak signing off for the latest breaking news follow at Core News on Twitter and Instagram Thank you, and good night. Remember, the Force will be with you, always.